as we have just heard in the gospel, the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and says to her, Rejoice, O highly favored one, the Lord is with you. It seems to me that rejoicing is a logical consequence of being with God, of being close to God. And that is why when St. Josemaria was asked, what is the best thing in the world? He answered, there is nothing better in the world than to be in the state of grace. And it's true, because being in the state of grace is being with God. And we are happy with God. If so, then Our Lady is the greatest creature that has ever been created. Because for her, there was not even a single instant, moment in her life in which she was not fully in the state of grace. She was conceived without original sin. She was conceived with sanctifying grace. That is the mystery that we are celebrating tonight on the eve of her feast day, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, which was solemnly declared a dogma of the Catholic Church by blessed Pope Pius IX on December 8, 1854. She was conceived without original sin in view of the merits of her son who died for all. I think more than having been conceived without something, she was conceived with the favor of God. Sometimes the expression, she was conceived without sin, sounds like something is missing, and it's not. In fact, she was clothed as we, as the church sings in the antiphon of today's Mass. For he clothed me in the garment of salvation and robed me in the cloak of justice, like a bride adorned with her jewels. These words of Isaiah are placed in the lips of the Virgin Mary today. The funny thing is, we too, as we have just read in the second reading, were meant to be conceived in the state of grace. We were meant also to have been conceived immaculately. That was plan A, so to speak. But something happened. Our first parents, they committed a sin, which we call original sin. And if there's any dogma of the Catholic Church that can actually be proven empirically, it is this one, original sin. Just look in the newspaper and you'll find it. Very simple. It doesn't take a lot of faith to know that there's something wrong 
And it's not that we inherit something from our first parent, it's rather that we don't inherit the state of grace from them. We inherit a bubble or a lack of something. It's like when you buy an item of clothing and after you go through the line and you pay for it and you take it out of the box and you put it on and it's ripped. Hey, what a shame. What a shame. It's ripped. It's a beautiful garment. Shirt. Or a pair of pants. And it's ripped. There's a hole in it. And what is that hole? It's, it's something that doesn't belong there. But it's not something. It's actually a lack of shirt where a shirt should be. I have nothing against ripped jeans. My little sister tells me that when I ask her, how could you wear that? She says, well, it's not just any rip, it's designer rip. Oh, okay. Well, sometimes we may actually, mysteriously enough, want to make that rip in that item of clothing kind of part of our persona. We kind of like it. It's a designer sin. You see, I need that. It makes me cool. As Pope Benedict precisely noticed that today we have a lurking suspicion that a person who does not sin must really be basically boring. And that something is missing from his life, whatever it might be. The dramatic dimension of being autonomous. Or the freedom to say yes or no and do whatever I please. We see ourselves as completely independent. And we are proud of that. We kind of like our not ripped jeans, but ripped soul. And we want to keep it. And when our parents throw them out, when we're away, and then we come back and say, where are my ripped jeans? I was born with those things, don't you understand? How dare you? And they had the encrusted dirt in them that I really love. And we kind of have the same attitude towards sin. When we get used to it, we kind of like it. In a word, he writes, we think that evil is basically good. We think that we need it, at least a little, in order to experience the fullness of being. We think that a little bargaining with evil, keeping for oneself a little freedom against God, is basically a good thing, perhaps even necessary, if we are going to experience what life is really about. that's not so. There is nothing better in the world than to be in the state of grace, as St. Josemaria says. Nothing, nothing than to have God. If you possess God, you possess everything. If you don't, you possess nothing. St. Josemaria warns us because we all have to fight after original sin. We have the effects of sin 
deeply encrusted in our souls. And he writes, in 1931, he writes, My child, your desires for holiness, and that's what we want, we want holiness, but our desires for holiness will be opposed first by laziness. The first front on which you must have to fight. Then rebelliousness, the refusal to shoulder Christ's sweet yoke. I don't want to carry the cross. A mad longing for freedom, which is really license. I want to do whatever I please. And sensuality. And at times, and even more surreptitiously, as the years go by, pride. Pride. We can't be wrong. That's how sin manifests itself within us. And I think, like Don Quixote said, in this area, with sin, he who flees most cowardly is the one who conquers most bravely. We have to flee from sin. We have to hate, abhor, even venial sin. We can do that, thank God, through the sacrament of penance. Today is a great day to go to confession and to express that joy that comes from being with God and being in Him and He in us, as He said at the Last Supper. Of course, this requires a lot of humility. It requires letting go and letting God act in our lives. It requires opening up our soul down to its last and letting the light of Christ shine in through and through so that he can heal us. Today, we invoke Our Lady as the morning star. Of course, it's that star that comes out right before dawn. But the funny thing is that that star we know from modern science is not a star at all. It is actually the planet Venus, which comes out right before dawn. The morning star is really the morning planet. And this is significant, actually. It actually makes the mystery that we are celebrating today more appropriate. Because if Our Lady is not a star, if she is not her own source of light, but rather a planet, then she reflects the star of her sun, S-O-N-S-U-N, that is about to come. She is not the source, she reflects the light perfectly because she does not have any stain in her mirror, so to speak. This is the humility that we need, not the humility to shine out ourselves, but that 
of the Morning Star, who basically says, don't look at me, it's not on my own merits that I have been saved, it is on the merits of the one who is to come, whose light I reflect, that I am saved and so are you. That's what she's telling us. It's not the pride of someone who says, as we just heard, upon being proposed to be the mother of God, she didn't say, okay, all right, I'll do it. Just give me, all right, do you want me to be the co-redemptrix? I'll do it. Just give me a fax machine, give me an internet connection, give me a not-for-profit organization, give me $10 million. She didn't say that. She didn't, she didn't have any means at her disposal. She entrusted herself entirely to God. She didn't say, I'll do it, and I'll do it my way. She said, let it be done unto me according to thy word. And in this, we can hope to imitate her. If we do, blessed are we, because we are on our road to holiness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.